you have just entered the Tampa Business Spotlight. This podcast is dedicated to anyone who wants to hear how local business owners and entrepreneurs got their start and what drives them to do what they do each and every day. Who am I? My name is Nick Sackis. I was born and raised in Tampa. I'm completely obsessed with real estate and building businesses. I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes while we interview the best local business owners and entrepreneurs in Tampa Bay. Stay tuned. This call is being recorded. All right, everybody in Tampa Bay, welcome to the Tampa Business Spotlight. Uh, Today, I'm really excited to have this guy on the show. It's not every day that uh, we get a private investigator on, but uh, this guy is somebody that I grew up with and I know very well. His name is Matt Aubin, and uh, he actually owns a company based out of Orlando and Tampa uh, called Southern Recon Agency. So excited to have him on the show. Welcome, Matt Aubin. Hey, Nick. How are you doing today? Good, buddy. Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, before we jump into the business side of things and and talking to you about your business, usually the first question I like to ask everybody is just so everybody can kind of get to know know you, uh, is introduce yourself, kind of talk about where you grew up uh, and kind of maybe even what got you into uh, the business that you're in. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm a Tampa boy. I'm from uh, South Tampa. I, uh, you know, Went to Plant High School, um, you know, lived in South Tampa or Davis Island pretty much my whole life. Uh, a few years ago, moved over to Orlando to actually expand this business over there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really started to take off a lot. I've been going back and forth between the two areas um, pretty much half the week in Tampa and half the week in Orlando. Um and uh, it's it's been really exciting to see the way that things have progressed. The way that I actually got into this business is kind of funny because I actually professionally started off in real estate like you, um, except I wasn't actually that good at real estate per se. What I was good at was doing research and doing due diligence. And I wasn't so much of a salesperson when it came to the customers, but I did my research on the customers and I knew how to handle them. And I can explain a little bit later in the podcast as to how that actually plays into the way that we do our job now. Um, but once I made the transition into this field, which was in January of 2010, uh, about six and a half years ago, um, I realized that a lot of the skills and the development that I learned when I was in real estate um, really helped me to become who I am in this industry now. That's interesting, man. I can definitely appreciate that because I know, uh, you know, we definitely do our homework when it comes to properties and, and helping out both sellers and buyers. So I can definitely appreciate what you're talking about. And it's interesting that you kind of flipped that switch, right? You knew that you kind of liked your own business. You got into real estate, uh, didn't necessarily like the sales aspect of it, but the research and, and you kind of dove in and, and branched off into a different category. So that's that's really cool, man. No, it is, and uh, you know, it was, it was exciting to get in and learn something different. But a lot of the foundation that I needed to be a good investigator, I had I had learned in real estate. And in addition to just researching the properties and things like that, um, one thing that I paid attention to because I just wasn't very good at actual sales is I had to research my clients, not just to find out how to what their likes and interests and needs were, 
but also to find out if they were legit or not. The time that I was in real estate was, you know, it was a real estate boom. So everybody in their mother's, uncle's, cousin's monkey was a real estate investor. And, right. you know, yeah. double and triple mortgaging their house, their shed, their swimming pool, their car to buy something. And, you know, we kind of got stuck up the creek without a paddle more than a few times. So we had to learn how to do some due diligence and background research on the people that we were working with. And, like, you know, <laughs> so. Makes perfect sense, man, when you when you think back on it and how this might have come about. But I, I can definitely appreciate uh, your, your thought process there. So that kind of brings me to my next question, right? And we've interviewed a couple of different business owners from restaurants to, you know, car stereo shops, upholstery, all that kind of stuff. You are the first private investigator that we've had on the show. And one thing I'd like to know is basically who are your customers? Because I know personally when I think private investigator, I think of like maybe ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend stalking, trying to figure out someone's whereabouts. But just from our brief conversation before the show, there's so much more involved in private investigating than just the jealous ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. So uh, speak a little (laughs) bit about that. Yeah. um, Well, a a lot of our customers, you know, when I first started off, most of my customers were attorneys. Uh, That's where I had some relationships. Um, So we started off working with attorneys, basically doing your standard um, injury or insurance fraud investigations. Um, someone's, you know, claiming that they hurt their neck, they hurt their back or something else. And, uh, you know, I still remember my very first one. It was uh, in Sarasota, and uh, I drove down there, and I was looking for a guy who um, he was in so much excruciating pain from his back that he literally could not sleep. And uh, I drove down, and I found the guy, and what I thought was strange is I noticed him hopping into a uh, pickup truck that was pulling a huge lawn trailer. I'm like, this could get interesting really yeah, quick for the guy who, you know, like literally can't move because of these debilitating injuries. So um, I felt, followed him for about 10 minutes. He got out, and, uh, you know, by the time I finished filming him, I had him lifting a push lawnmower up with one hand to set <laughs> it up on this little island to mow the lawn and everything. I was like, all right, this guy's lying. He's done. And that was actually the first investigation case that I worked in uh, early 2010. And it kind of started the chain effect to where um, we just started working initially with attorneys and doing a good job. Then we started opening up um, to different business owners and uh, individuals and consumers um, to where, yeah, we do do a lot of domestic cases and stuff like that, cheating spouses, um, my dad and the manager of our Tampa office uh, is actually a licensed attorney who practiced family law for over 15 years. So he actually helps oversee our child custody investigations because things like that are very, very important. And the average um, single male pays out over a quarter million dollars um, throughout the life of his child or the, uh, you know, how would you yeah, put yeah. it? until the child turns 18 um, in uh child support. And in some of those cases, um, you know, it wasn't a good judgment, this, that, or the other. So there's a lot of intricate details into that. So we actually bring the highest level of expertise that we can. And that's an attorney who's actually representing people on those cases, because he's going to know more about the way that goes. He's going to know the judges. He's going to know the other attorneys. There's a lot more to these things than just simply, you know, 
spying on somebody and taking pictures or video of them. And uh, that also translates into how we work with different business owners. Um, some business owners are looking for, um, you know, theft investigations, what's going on, our numbers are down. Some business owners are looking for due diligence. They're looking at doing a merger or a joint venture of some sort or an expansion. Um, and, and there's a lot of different aspects that we can put into that. So we have to have the ability to have a team that has the right professionals with the right professional backgrounds that can actually handle that case. Because one of our rules as a firm is that we can't take a case if if we don't believe that we're the best team for it and if we can't deliver the result that we were contracted to deliver. Um, and uh, we also provide a similar service for investors. Um, when investors are considering spending six, seven, eight, nine figures on something, um, you better believe that they're going to do a little bit of due diligence. And uh, an example is I, I got a call, and I, I know I told you about this one, uh, Nick, because it pertains to real estate. Um, he was approached by someone to do some real estate investing with him. And uh, he just wanted a little bit of basic due diligence, and he really just wanted to know a few main things. He wanted to know, okay, one, is this guy who he says he is? Two, does he even own the properties that, that we're going to be purchasing or doing business with? Number three, is he a criminal? Does he have a criminal history or not? I need to know that if I'm going to do business with this guy. And four, what's his financial history? Does this guy have a history of bankruptcies, liens, judgments, financial mismanagement? And, and are there any other red flags or, or indicators? Who, who is this guy? And uh, the next day I called him back because um, he thought the guy checked out. He seemed like a good guy and everything else. Um, well, for one, good news, he was exactly who he said he was. That checked out. Number two, um, did he own the properties he said he owned? Nope, he didn't own a single property. Matter of fact, he rented the house he lived in. He rented the property that his business was on, and he had a spider web of smoke and mirrors when it came to attempting to um, avoid any paper trail as to how to connect his primary business to him, which was basically a small used car lot. Um, and then he's like, oh, great, this guy's a used car salesman. And I'm like, <laughs> it actually gets better than that. You also wanted to know his financial history. He's filed bankruptcy, you know, let's say three times. His wife, before they got married, and between that and with him, has filed bankruptcy, I think, seven times between business and personal. And his mom, who was the other business partner, had filed bankruptcy, I think, six or seven times also. So I'm like, yeah, um, they have liens and judgments that are too many to include on one piece of paper. You got some issues here. And he's like, okay, I'm done with these guys. I'm like, hold on, hold on. You paid for the criminal history. Please don't deprive me of this. 47 arrests in Florida alone. I think the guy was 45 years old. That's more than one per year of his life. And that's wow. has to start, you know, at 18. So like, and this a, is a somebody bit, who your customer thought checked out. Yeah, this they is came to you and said, hey, I got a good out. feeling about this, but can you just double-check this for me? And you found this rap list of, of things that you probably, I'm sure he's uh, ingratiated to you forever for, for finding out that information. <laughs> let's, let's say he likes me. I'm expecting to be on his Christmas list this year. Yeah. But, um, it's not that, Now, his case, truth be told, was fairly extreme in the amount of arrests, bankruptcies, everything else. Um, but it's not uncommon for red flags to appear. 
The other side is let's say that this guy came out clean. He now knows that this guy's business history is good. He now knows his criminal history is good. He is who he says, and he can now actually do his own research on these properties that he's going to be doing business with this guy over. And, and it's not just about real estate investments. There's a lot of different businesses and ways that people can be investing. And, you know, before somebody gives their money, does a merger, a joint venture, an acquisition, anything like that, they really need to know what they're getting into. And, and this was a basic level. We didn't go through their books. We didn't, you know, do covert interviews of any of the employees or anything else like that. This was all just simply surface level um, searching. And, um, you know, the last area that we actually uh, cater to is uh, other private investigators. Um, our, our firm actually provides uh, a unique type of services in communication security and an interception of communications that uh, has become a very valuable tool um, to not just private investigators but to the clients they provide it to, which in most cases is attorneys and business owners, but in a lot of cases it's, it's high-profile domestic disputes, stalking, harassment, or um, even nasty divorces and custody cases, anything where some type of surveillance, espionage, or electronic um, surveillance or tracking comes into play. So it sounds to me like any business owners that are listening to this podcast right now need to have your number on speed dial, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> we. Uh, you know, you ever see like those life alert commercials? Like, part of me wants to make like a device like that exactly. for business yeah, owners absolutely. to hold. Like, <laughs> push this button, and we will arrive in like That's it, man. The SWAT team, Matt's um, SWAT team. But that's interesting because, you, you know, as a business owner, you obviously, if you have that theft or anything like that, that's a, that's a sensitive situation, especially if you have people that work for you that you know you've known for a long time. It's hard to confront those people, maybe they're family members. Uh, having a third-party resource like you guys coming out there and do the investigation uh, could really be a, a very good peace of mind. Well, yeah, and we're, we're honestly, even though we're hired by someone, our loyalty is to the facts and to the truth. The one thing that I tell people is just get the facts. This is a black and white matter. I understand if it's a domestic or an individual doing a cheating thing or this, that, or the other. It is personal, but you need to look at the facts. The, the, the personal judgment is going to cloud your judgment. You need to know the facts, and the facts cannot be altered. What you need is indisputable evidence, and that doesn't matter if it's suspicion of a cheating spouse, if it's suspicion of an unfit parent, if it's suspicion of theft or fraud or anything that we can really investigate and uncover, or even if it's suspicion or the need for some type of advanced surveillance or secure communication lines from espionage or eavesdropping or an invasion of privacy, regardless of what it is, it all boils down to what are the facts. So before somebody makes a decision, all that we encourage people to do is make sure that you're looking at the right facts and consider the source. So what we do is we make sure that all of our sources are verified and, uh, you know, we validate the evidence or the evidence chain of custodies or whatever the nature of the case dictates. Therefore, we can present facts. So to kind of go on what you were saying, if someone suspects a long-term employee of any misconduct or theft, just get the facts. Let us find out if they're actually up to that or not. 
And then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think and stay up all night. Man, I hope this person's not robbing me. Man, I hope she's not cheating on me. You know what I mean? Because the facts are going to determine that. And in a lot of cases, we find out, you know what? You were wrong. That person wasn't doing this to you. Furthermore, it's not about just ruling that one person out. It's also about we still have to solve the problem. You know, okay, that wasn't the situation, but here's what actually did happen. Here's the reason your numbers are down. Here's the reason that, you know, and it's not always something internal. It could right. be something that we can come up with with competitive intelligence to where your numbers aren't down because someone's stealing from you. Your numbers are down because one of your providers did this and it wasn't listed in your last quarterly report or in your P&Ls or you know what, your competition is actually the reason that your numbers are down. We found out that they started this website about you. By the way, we got it taken down. Here's what you need to do to go after them civilly. Here's your damages. You see what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not always what it seems. Right. Well, I think you, you kind of already answered this question a little bit, but I want you to kind of expound on it uh, just a bit. And the difference between you and the competition, now you mentioned briefly that you won't take a case unless you feel like you can give the customer the best result. So uh, in my estimation, that's a very bold statement uh, for you to come out and say like it almost is your mission statement. So is that the difference between you and the competition? Or simply put, not all private investigators cover as much territory as you. I mentioned before you're also in Orlando and Tampa, so does that give you a distinct advantage? Uh, just kind of briefly give me a, a synopsis on that. My, my advantage, honestly, is my team. Um, you know, I, I referenced earlier, um, you know, my dad, who actually manages our Tampa office. Um, you know, we've actually developed a team of investigators that have specific expertise in each of their fields. I've been doing this for six and a half years, but, um, you know, my the, the guy who runs our surveillance operations for us in Tampa um, has been doing it for 26 years. Um, the person who's in charge of our open source intelligence research has been doing it for 22 years. Prior to that, he was a police officer since he was like 20 years old. Um, so, you know, we've, we've recruited a team of specialists that we've put together piece by piece. Now, they don't all work with us as employees, a lot of the experts that we work with are subcontractors. Um, they're just, they're valuable and they have a proven reputation in the industry. So we're just very fortunate and blessed to be able to have those guys within our company so that we can subcontract them in and say, okay, I need you to come in and sit with my team on this one. And uh, we do have um, a team of employees that work in-house with us, but a lot of our greatest assets are the contractors that we've recruited in which it's, it's very similar to the way that it's structured in a real estate office. Pretty much every one of the associates at your firm are going to be independent contractors. Um, right. We have a similar structure, but they're all flying under our banners, except we have formed it all into a single cohesive unit where based on the needs of the case that comes in, we're now able to get our leadership team together and figure out, okay, who needs to do what on this? And, Another one of the greatest assets in that is uh, we actually uh, just signed a partnership with um, the nation's leading cyber investigation firm, which is actually based out of Tampa as well, um, to where um, we're now able to gather global high-level intelligence 
that, um, you know, for a while we were actually hiring these guys as a vendor, um, and now we were able to team up with them to where the services that we provide are now available within their company and their services are available within ours. So between um, the different needs that our clients have, um, we've taken the last several years to put together a team of the best professionals that we could find. Um, and, and what we're finding is somehow actually signing on and coming to work with us. like it. So secret sauce, as usual, for most businesses out there, uh, hire talent, train them well, and, and let them do what they do, right? Yeah. Uh, hiring you know, successful people just like you for – for me, for real estate, for you uh, and private investigators already out there, employees, people already doing their thing, and you just identify the talent and, and let them roll with you. So I like that a lot. Ab- absolutely. And and in this industry, thank God, because I, I don't know if I would be that good at recognizing it under the <laughs> under the surface. I, I think I'm okay with our employees, but with the contractors, these are the guys who have had a reputation since before I came in, right. you know, Um and, uh, you know, so it's it's literally just, all right, who's the best at this? Give me the top three, and let's work on building a relationship with them, show them that our company is one that they want to team up with. And, um, and, and once they see the network that they've assembled and how that helps them, and, you know, the goal that I provide to our contractors and employees is I want you to work here because I always want it to be your best interest to be working with us than to pack up your stuff and leave. I want there to be more fruit on the tree here for you to have. I want you to have a better lifestyle. And, uh, you know, that that makes us, though, as a company, a lot more powerful. Right. So that, that kind of rolls into my next question also uh, as far as future plans. So do you have any future plans that you'd like to share with us? Are you expanding? Are you currently hiring? Are you looking for someone in any specific territory or genre? Uh, kind of go into that a little bit. Yes, um, we we actually are launching a secondary company that is owned by Southern Recon Agency called Counter Surveillance USA. Um, it's it's a branch off because uh, when I mentioned earlier about the uh, communication security or interception of communications field, um, within that that also involves the ability to gather high level intelligence. Um, through espionage or through different forms of technical surveillance. And what all this junk means in English is that, like, um, basically any time that somebody's communications are intercepted or under surveillance, that could mean anything from a hidden microphone to a hidden camera to a GPS in their car to a creep spying on them outside their house to their phones being hacked or bugged or tapped to their computer being hacked or monitored, any way that you can actually seep in and eavesdrop on somebody electronically and intercept communications and data. And right now that's becoming one of the biggest threats to security for uh, businesses, attorneys, and individuals around the country. And most people don't even realize that it's happening. But we see it all the time even with our clients. Oh, yeah, I bugged my wife's car here's the tapes. I'm like, well, we can't use those. And by the way, that's illegal. So why don't you, (laughs) why don't you take that out of my office? You do have confidentiality, so I can't turn you in, but (laughs) get that out of here and then come back in without it. There's a dumpster around back. And uh, basically 
I, I mean, you can buy literally high-tech, I mean, <laughs> borderline government-quality bugs and cameras and stuff from anywhere from 20 to a couple hundred dollars. And right. a, a person without the necessary equipment and expertise would not be able to identify what's going on, let alone um, if your phone's tapped or this, that, or the other. They very rarely are going to make a sound. I mean, guys, it's 2016. We went yeah. to the moon in like the 50s. You think we can't come up with a way to listen to your cell phone without giving it away? <laughs> like, so, it's like um, when I when I open up my laptop, I have a little sticker over the webcam. You see that a, a lot. You know, people the the paranoia of turning on webcams. And I think there was even a couple articles a little while back when the whole Xbox and PlayStation cameras came out that people were hacking into. A, watching kids, you know, play the stupid video games or whatever. I mean, it is a crazy world. Well, that's uh, – I'll just touch on this one for a quick second. We refer to that in our industry as the Internet of Things. Um, it constitutes games and all this kind of stuff. Basically, anything that has an insecure Wi-Fi connection, um, I can actually tap into those if I want to from my phone while driving out down the street through mm-hmm. – a variety of websites. I don't have to hack into them. I can literally just bring them to my phone. I can watch your baby monitor. I can watch your smart fridge. Um, there's there's some actually pretty creepy stuff that they're making now that goes through Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, but those right. things are all open and very easy to interception. And, um, yeah, they, they are very easy to intercept. And what people don't understand is that you know, you, you don't need to have a CIA-level spy to come in and bug the average person's house. Most people have already done that for us, and it makes it really, really easy if we can be down the street with a cell phone and know everything that's going on in somebody's world. Now, there are certain legal restrictions as to what we can and can't do regarding sound and a couple other privacy issues that I won't bore your listeners with, but um, all in all, the people that we're up against on these things, they're not concerned about the law. Right. So they can listen to every word. And and it's not – for individuals, yeah, it gets scary. But where it really matters is when it comes to business owners. What we're finding is when businesses are having certain losses, this is the way that companies are now getting competitive intelligence on one another. That's how recipes, formulas, designs get stolen. That's how – dirt on the management and, you know, personal details gets out. Oh, and wow. It's not just the NFL stealing plays from across the field or anymore. <laughs> no, but, but they're doing it. And you even see the stuff on TV like the Hulk Hogan things or the Aaron Andrews things where there's hidden cameras in hotel rooms and stuff like right. that. Or I saw a thing on Facebook last week or the week before where everyone's sharing about these uh, little coat hanger cameras. And I mean, those things are like $13 legitimately. Right. Like that's like, and, and I would know to look for that because I saw those from one of our little spy store gadgets that I subscribed to like years ago when they first came out. But a lot of people don't know about that. But when you get into the business level, um, it becomes a lot more in-depth. And, and they do have the resources to intercept your cell phone calls or to monitor it, to track it. GPSs nowadays are the size of the keys for your, to, of the keys to the car that they're tracking, and uh, you know they're, they're precise. So a lot of what we've been able to do now is help to provide secure communications for um, 
secure communications for businesses, attorneys, and individuals, and other private investigators. And in order to do that, that also requires us to get high-level intelligence on the threats that we're up against. Um, so we need to know who's doing this to you so that we can catch them in the act. But we consider communication security to be one of the most important aspects of security that there is. And, um, for example, even in terms of cyber communications, just back in 2014, the average cyber breach alone in the financial sector cost $20 million. That's just on average. How many businesses in Tampa cannot afford a $20 million hit? How many of them don't even make $20 million? You know, um, so, so people can get cleaned out. That's going high-tech, but the low-tech stuff is becoming more and more of a threat. And once communications are compromised, that's, that's the basic military thing since the beginning of time. They've got to be able to communicate. What's the enemy do first? They take out communications. Then they launch their assault. So communication security is vital. So we're, we're launching the new company. Um, it's called Counter Surveillance USA um, because it's actually going to provide nationwide um, services just to kind of open it up to a bigger client base. And uh, there's not a lot of companies out there that are certified to do that. Um, I myself, as well as a few of our in-house investigators, not just our contractors, um, uh, I'm actually a certified um, forensic interviewer and in a forensic testimonial evidence recovery. Um, I am also a certified TSEM specialist, which means that um, technical surveillance countermeasures. It means exactly what it says when you sound it out, even though that sounds like the most retarded, longest term that you could possibly right. name it. Um, so you're still like you're in the real cool. estate biz, man. We have all our designations. That if you put it on the end of your signature, nobody knows what it means, but it's important to us. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. So, but yeah, and, and it, it takes a lot sometimes to get these, but the thing is, is these are still kind of jumping back. These are a lot of things that many investigators don't have. They're very expensive to get, and just the equipment prerequisites to be able to get that TFCM specialist designation um, is is very prohibitive. It's government grade. Um, and when we go to school, we actually go to school with people from government agencies. Um, when two of our guys were there a couple months ago, they were there with Homeland Security. Um, when I was there personally, I was there with actually foreign governments, which is kind of creepy. I was with like the Egyptian and Turkish intelligence agencies. That was really weird. I had no idea what these guys were saying, but I don't know if they liked me or not. No, I'm just like, you know, we're training these guys on American soil to use this stuff. <laughs> just like, how do we how do we get around that? But um, but yeah. So we've uh, we've got a, a very elite team of people that are highly qualified, and even the guys that are on the uh, cyber side of this team, um, CPT pen testing engineers. Uh, certified digital forensics engineers, um, certified ethical hackers, and certified ECSA security analysts. So, like, we've really stopped at nothing to be able to offer the complete package so that any aspect of communication from email to spoken word um, to phone communications or anything else that we're able to not just secure but be able to track down if anybody has tried to intercept any of those communications or your data. Because that's your, your intangible assets are what's valuable this century. It's, it's not about somebody kicking through the door and 
you know, I laugh. I'm like, you know, people don't even need locks on their doors anymore. They need right. locks on their computers. They need <laughs> they need something yeah. to protect their words. I hear you, man. I, I I love it. It sounds like you got everything, you know, kind of running on all cylinders right now. And and I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'll ask you anyway. And being that you were in the real estate industry first, but if you could go back to day one of your professional career, and as opposed to the path that you traveled now, would you do anything differently? Would you have still maybe pursued real estate to jump into the private investigation field? Would you have bypassed real estate altogether? Uh, or would you have done everything exactly the same? Honestly, I, with with the exception of a few minor decisions that I might have made <laughs> along the way, everybody makes mistakes, but I've learned so much from mine that it's it's hard to want to do it differently, you know, and everyone's always missed on an investment opportunity where you're like, well, I was a moron for either buying or not buying. But, um, you know, I, I really wouldn't change a thing to tell you the truth. Part of me says I wish I would have gotten into the industry that I'm in sooner. But honestly, I, I wouldn't have been ready. I needed more time to develop. Um, everything that we do has to be very precise. And most of our work nowadays, especially dealing with attorneys and business owners and the nature of it, even for domestic disputes, this stuff goes to court. You know, it's going to be scrutinized by other experts and everything else. So I've had to learn how to do things step by step. I can, I can appreciate that, man. It's especially in real estate, you know, our contracts uh, start off at 11 pages and and go from there. So, you know, that's your base. Yeah, it's, you know, when my mom got in the business 25 years ago, you basically spit on each other's hands and, and shook hands, and that was the contract. But nowadays, you know, it's everything's very, very legal, so I, I can appreciate that. I, I have to ask a question about that. What, what, what's the name of the, the FAR contract now? When I was last in, I think it was the FAR 6. Like, we're, we're, we're actually going back for a while when you were in it. It was the it transitioned to the as-is contract, and now we're back to the FAR bar original is probably the most utilized contract because the as is was really when short sales was really relevant uh and and you know people were just buying houses from the bank and and all that kind of hoopla but that's kind of quieted down a little bit and now we're back to the original far bar gotcha gotcha and uh i actually understand what that means which is amusing to me but um it's actually you know my experience back there really helped me out a lot because what is and and you might have a biased opinion, but remember I base everything on the facts. But what is one of the most secure and wisest investments that somebody can invest into on the planet? It's real estate. Real estate. 100%. There's only so much gold. Especially it's smarter for a long-term than, play. Yeah, it's it's smarter than gold. It's smarter than silver, and and it's always going to go up. And there's always improvements you can make. You can't improve your gold. You know what I'm saying? Like if you buy some gold coins, you you can make them worse. You can melt them down, but but all you have is what the weight of that is worth. You can always do something to improve your real estate if you buy it smart. And you, you know, but one thing that I, I learned is those and, real estate same way contracts. With the, yeah, it's the same way and, with with the stock market too. I mean, you, people oh, want to get yeah. in and get out real quick. Same thing with real estate. You want to get in and get out and play the cycles every five or seven years. That's where you get burned. You know, the, the long-term play is always going to be the best play. 
Yep, and and to to be smart with that, you've got to have good advisors, good intelligence, good research, good facts, and I've been able to take those abilities and the contracts that I learned um, while I was in real estate. That's where I learned contracts, and to this date, I'm probably one of the best investigators that I know of, short of my dad, who's also an attorney, um, who is uh, able to rip apart contracts and uh, you know different P&Ls and business reports and stuff like that. And those are all things that I learned while I was coming up in the real estate industry. So, you know, there's really, there's really not much that I would change because I wouldn't have had the real-life practical experience to be able to offer the work product that I can now if I didn't have to go through that learning experience because very few people know and understand contracts better right. than real estate agents who have been through different seasons and just like you demonstrated, you not only understand these contracts, but you understand the reasons and the conditions that led to them having to use generally a different contract for a different time. And that's not even getting into developers' contracts and bank contracts and all that kind of stuff that you as a realtor have to learn. Hey, man. Well, we're we're running up against the clock here. I got one more question for you because I am – uh, I shouldn't say avid reader. I'm an avid listener because my Audible account is uh, three books a month, and I'm always listening to stuff in the car. But I always like to ask everybody, you know, for their favorite business book recommendation. And for you, what is something that may be your favorite book or maybe even just your most recent? Is there anything that really inspired you or something you'd like to share with the audience? Well, um, I'll say this. There's there's actually two, if you don't mind. I'll, I'll give you sure. one that everybody knows and one that no one's heard of. Um, they're both pretty old school. But, you know, one of our goals as a company with the new one we're launching is to basically be like a private CIA hire. Um, Southern Recon is always going to be a general investigation firm that's you know, wants to welcome individuals and things like that but can handle a higher level. The new one we're launching is literally what it sounds like. It's a private CIA for hire. There's two things that I've found have really given me a ton of knowledge that I can apply into that. Um, the, the first one is a book. It was written in the 50s by Les Giblin, and it's How to Have Confidence and Power in Dealing with People. Um, and when you're dealing with espionage or up against adversaries, for me, it's really important to have confidence and power in dealing with people. But I think that it's an essential book that any business owner um, or any entrepreneur, honestly, any person who has to come into contact with another human being at some point in their day, um, you know, would, would probably get a lot of value out of. And the second one, don't judge me, I told you I'm old school, is the Bible. Whenever I read a page in that, all I see is battle stuff, spy stuff, and other things, and I'm like, man, they could have used some of my tools back then. Right, <laughs> But I'm sorry, but um, you know those th those are kind of the the cornerstones, and then anything else to me is on top of that. And I actually um, read that uh, how to have confidence and power in dealing with people book every year, and getting ready to go through it again, um, as as much with the uh, Bible book as well. So I, I'm not sure who the author of that one technically is, but I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. So. Right. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. I, there's a couple different schools of thought. Some people think you should just read or listen or whatever to as many books as you can. Other people say listen or read the same exact book over and over again until you master it. I don't know if there's one right way to do it. It's just however you know you can do it for yourself, whatever's best for you. So 
I I completely agree with that. And and for me, I'm I'm not the quickest reader. I'm a slow reader and an analyzer. But um, that's one book that I like to the How to Have Confidence and Power. I I like to dig into that at least once a year because every year when I look at it, I see it a different way. I wouldn't read it three or four times in a row, but if you have a value for something like that, I'd look at it again every year or two because your situation changes. Yeah, my business, everything, yeah, yeah, it's it's different every year. So, and as you grow, you need different things that you might have skipped over in the year before when you read it because it just didn't matter to you then. But now you're at a different at, at a different level of development, so it it, it reads differently. Matt, man, you threw a lot of information at us. Uh, dude, I really appreciate you having, you know, the time to take out to be on the show. Um, just for our audience's sake, for my sake, for anybody listening, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you because I think there's probably some business owners on here that might want to get in touch with you. Email, website, phone, uh, just go ahead and go through how anybody can get a hold of you. Absolutely, my pleasure. Um, well, my, my company phone is 813-373-4181. That's 813-373-4181. Uh, you can call or text me at that at just about any time. I really don't sleep very often. We keep strange hours, so a call or text to that is the easiest way to get me. Um, if you want to shoot me an email, um, I would just recommend using our general Gmail because that goes to any device that's attached to my hip at any moment which is reconagency at gmail.com, R-E-C-O-N-A-G-E-N-C-Y at gmail. And then our website, which, forgive me, it's going under construction, so, you know, um, but it's it's still pretty solid, is srecon.com, S-R-E-C-O-N.com. Awesome, man. And, guys, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, we'll have Matt's information down below. If you're checking this out on Facebook or any other social media site will also have the uh, the info listed. So, Matt, again, dude, I really appreciate your time. You killed it. Great job. And uh, hopefully, you know, if I need any services in the future, which now I definitely uh, think I might, knowing <laughs> how diverse you guys are and what you guys offer, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch, man. I, and I really appreciate you being on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. All right.